he's got Jenga. I'd follow him too. I love that song. Name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise God. To God's glory, right? It's a good, good song. It's a good, good thing to remember. Man, Jesus, he's a crazy guy. And there are a lot of people over history who have followed him. Uh, there are a lot of people who have studied from him, who have committed their lives um, to serving him, who have given him their lives. Um, I refer to such people as disciples. And in the Bible, it's, it's a common like, element throughout the Gospels. You hear about disciples, and that generally refers to a group of people who follow Jesus. Now, sometimes those disciples are the select 12, um, the big 12, the disciples, and then sometimes that's just the crowd of people who is following Jesus and studying from him. Um, I'm, I really appreciate the fact that um, like I sent an email to the tech team and told them what I'm going to be preaching about, and I show up to the service, and in the back of the, like on the inside of the bulletin, they've got the Great Commission printed there, you know, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do all that I've commanded. And that is, that is our call. That is our, you know, that is our heart, um, is to make disciples of all nations. Um, that doesn't mean everybody needs to leave their job and go overseas. Then there'd be no, nobody to send the people overseas. No, that means that wherever we are in life, we're making disciples. That is what I desperately long to do. That is what I have been called to do at Faith Academy. And when I go back to Faith Academy, they've invited me to teach Bible in grades 7 through 12, uh, middle school and high school. Um, and I want to be making disciples. But I think that if I want to make disciples of other people, I believe that l- good leadership is leadership by example. So if I'm going to make disciples, then I need to be a good disciple. And so I turned to the scriptures and said, God, where, do I need, where can I learn about being a disciple? And this John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51, is a story of... Um, just some different people that Jesus recruited to follow him, to study under him, and to be with him. And now, well, I want to clarify some terms. The Bible talks about following Jesus, and this is the visual I have in my head when I hear that. I think of Jesus like walking, around, walking along in his robe, like he's got like the white, you know, like purple robe. He's like walking along his robe, and this is me like, Jesus, wait up. Jesus, I'm following you. Jesus, wait up. And that's like, don't think that, okay? This isn't like falling behind Jesus. This is like hanging out with Jesus. So every time I say like follow Jesus, think to yourself in your head in the vernacular, hanging out with Jesus or um, um, being a disciple, being a student, learning from Jesus, interacting with Jesus. Whatever vernacular works for you, that's great. But not just like following Jesus from a distance, but actually pursuing a relationship with him and having a relationship, knowing him. So Um, Open your bright orange True Tone English Standard Version Bibles to page 956. Or um, if you don't have one of those, just whatever Bible you've brought with you, um, or your iPhone if that's the case, turn it to John chapter 1, verse 35, and we'll start reading. And I'm going to like read this and we'll just talk about it a little bit as we go along, if that's all right. John chapter 1, verse 35. The next day again, John, okay, I'll stop right there. John, cool guy, I love this guy. Two of my favorite people in the New Testament are John and Peter, like both of them, just crazy dudes. John, the baptizer, John the Baptist, 
John was his, his, very much his own man. He was very much, not his own man, he was God's man. He was completely sold out. This is John after spending, after kind of growing up just out in the desert, out in the wilderness. He just kind of like walks into town all covered in camel skin. His breath stinks because all he eats is like locusts and honey. He gets in the water and he starts preaching, repent because the kingdom of God is here and baptizes people. Baptize. Repent. The kingdom of God is here. Baptize. And out in the crowd watching John are all these people, Pharisees, the religious leaders, the, the scholars, uh, the Roman centurions, the, the barbarians, you know, the foreigners who've come in and like are the invaders. They're out there watching going, no way, John, really? Tell me more. The Jews, common people, they're all in this audience just watching him, listening to him. And he's baptizing people. And when I say baptizing people, it's nothing like anything else that was going on. They would baptize people in, like, they would kind of like cleanse people or whatever, and it was similar to baptism in Jewish culture, but that was more of a ritual cleansing. It wasn't like baptizing them. And there were other, like, cults or sects uh, uh, that would um, baptize people as an initiation rite or something, but that wasn't quite what John was doing. He was doing God's thing. He was baptizing people to get them to repent because the kingdom of God had come. And he was so, like, in my mind, cool. He was so, like, just doing his own thing. He got arrested for calling, calling a politician out on adultery. Like, this guy's hardcore. Doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. All right, returning to the word of God here. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. There you go. They follow Jesus. I, this, I think they literally followed him, and we'll get to that in a point, but this is where they began, uh, began following him. Um, I th- think that disciples are people who follow Jesus because they know who he is. Um, like that song said, he's the name above every name. He is God incarnate. He is God who became a man, who reveals himself to us. He is he is the word. He is the truth, the way, and the life, our way to get to God. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He gave his life so that we could have salvation. That's who he is. Um, I think that disciples, are, disciples follow Jesus because they know who he is. John says here, behold, the Lamb of God, but that's not the first time he's talked about him. Um, earlier in chapter 1, um, he's talking about Jesus, and he says, This is the guy who I told you about when I said he's greater than me and I must become less and he must become more and all that. So John has talked about Jesus. This will be at least the third time that he's talked about Jesus. And the disciples have it in their heads now who Jesus is. And these two guys, Andrew and one other guy, they start following Jesus. So where are we? Verse 38. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Uh, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him one day, or that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You should be called Kephas, which means Peter. 
Okay, time out. Disciples follow Jesus, like I said, because they know who he is. Um, disciples follow Jesus to get closer to him. Let me, let me point this out. John told the disciples about Jesus, but they hadn't actually met him. So they knew about him, but they didn't actually know him. So when John is baptizing people, repent, baptize, repent, baptize, all of a sudden he stops, looks up, sees Jesus. Hey, guys, there's a Lamb of God. Takes away the sin of the world. Right there, he's walking right behind you. These two disciples who heard him are like, him, really, that's the guy? Dude, we're following him, that's it. And they start following him. They weren't content hearing John talk about Jesus. They weren't content with head knowledge about Jesus. They pursued Jesus himself because disciples follow Jesus to get closer to Jesus because they knew that they wanted to be near Jesus. They wanted to find out more about him. They wanted to know him. Um, John 17, 3 says, This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Not that they know about you, the only true God, that they know you. I think that's a relationship. I think that's more than head knowledge. Disciples follow Jesus to come closer to him. And then what does Andrew do? He spends one day, one day, not even a full day, like a half day, maybe. Because, you know, maybe he like stayed overnight with Jesus, but most of that time was sleeping, so that doesn't count. So he spends like a half a day with Jesus. After hearing John talk about him, you know, maybe three or four times, whatever, one day, and he's like, finds his brother. He's like, dude, you've got to get in on this. We found the Messiah. What now? The Old Testament had like, had stopped being written like 400 years ago. So there was like silence, right? There was silence, and nobody's writing more New Old Testament. Nobody's writing more scripture. We're not hearing the voice of the prophets. All of a sudden, John comes out of the wilderness, all stinky and camel-skinned and whatnot, starts baptizing people, says, hey, Jesus is the Lamb of God. These guys spend one day, more like a half a day, maybe three quarters of a day with him. And Andrew goes and says, we found the Messiah. Yeah. Disciples follow Jesus um, with others. Let me put it that way. God bless Andrew. What a guy. I wonder, I want to know, did he have a really good relationship with Simon Peter, his brother? I kind of think they did. I kind of think that because I have a decent relationship with my brother. I'm not going to say it's, you know, fantastic and amazing, and I wish all you guys could be like me and have a brother like I, or a brother relationship like me, but I have a pretty good relationship, and when I see something really good, I kind of want to share it with him, you know what I'm saying? I want to get him in on this. I don't want to keep it to myself. There's joy in sharing. So when Andrew finds Jesus, the Messiah, who does he go to? His brother. And he just says, hey, we found the Messiah. Come check it out, basically. Disciples follow Jesus with others, not alone. Not in isolation. And then Simon Peter, he comes to Jesus, and Jesus takes one look at him and says, so you are Simon, the son of John. Okay. Right there, Simon. That name is a Greek for the Old Testament, Simeon, which means um, heard, as in they heard me speak. And I think that name kind of adequately describes Simon's character, his nature. He is the guy who is like always heard. 
no matter where he goes, no matter what he does. When Jesus is getting arrested, he's the one who like busts out his sword and starts chopping off people's ears because he's like, this is my Messiah and I will, you know, stop you, silence you, whatever. And Jesus is like, oh, Simon, come on. You know, this is Simon who, who confesses the Christ. When G- Jesus says, okay, I know what other people say about me. What do you say about me? Simon is the one who speaks up and says, I think you're the Lamb of God. Just saying. This is Simon, who when the day of Pentecost comes and the Holy Spirit falls in power on the disciples and foreigners, well, you know, Jews from other nations come in and listen to this, uh, these languages going on and they say, what are you guys, drunk? This is Simon who takes the floor and just kind of speaks up for all the disciples. What about, what about John, the guy who wrote this book? He was one of like the inner group of like super tight people. He was super tight with Jesus. But no, it wasn't him. It was Simon the guy who's heard. You can't stop hearing Simon. And yet Jesus sees Simon and he says, I, I, you're Simon, son of John, aren't you? I say you're going to be Kephas, the rock. And he identified Simon. I want to say, no, he didn't identify him. He re-identified Simon. Simon was just the guy who was heard, who was loud, maybe a little bit obnoxious to some people. But Jesus said, no, you're not just heard. You are the rock. And Simon became the rock. He became a founding father of the church. He became a martyr, many people believe. He became the rock. I believe that disciples follow Jesus because that's where they get their identity. Now, you can get your identity um, anywhere you like, basically. Um, For a long time, my identity was that I was a missionary kid. And anywhere I went and anything I did was shadowed Um, by the fact that I was a missionary kid. I was the son of a pastor. I was the son of a missionary. So when my parents left the mission field, it was so hard for me to be anything because I wasn't a missionary kid anymore. Um, For some people, they love their careers and they're successful at their careers. And their career becomes their identity. Hello, I'm Stephen, the teacher. You know, that kind of thing. Some people, their, relation, their identity is in um, children, is in having and rearing children. A dear friend of mine, he said that when he left home, he was the last to leave home, and his parents' identity had been in raising children, and when they had no more children, um, the parents broke up. They, couldn't, they didn't have their identity anymore, and they just couldn't figure out who they were, what life was about. You can get your identity anywhere you want. It's probably going to be something that you're good at, but it's only going to last for a lifetime at best unless you receive your identity from Jesus. Think about this for a second. Um, God has infinite knowledge. He knows everything. He knows everything, and so he knows you perfectly. You might not know you perfectly. You might think you know you but then come to find out that, well, there's something you didn't think about, something that shapes your character that you weren't aware of, maybe something in your culture, something in your upbringing. You might not know you perfectly, but God knows you perfectly. And so if you try to create your own identity or if you accept your identity from your circumstances, it's not going to be who you really are unless God gives you that identity because he knows who you really are. Not only who you are now, but who you are becoming. Who he wants you to be for all of eternity. I would so much, so much rather be a prince in God's kingdom than a teacher. 
I would so much rather be God's son for eternity than a husband or a father for just one lifetime. And thank God I do have an identity that Jesus is giving to me. I just, need to, I just need to listen to his voice. I need to hear him. Oh, that's another thing, by the way. I think disciples follow Jesus because they listen to him. When Jesus, said, when Jesus says, follow me, they, they follow him. They listen to him. This is not the first, this story right here that I'm reading to, this is not the first time nor the last time that Jesus says, follow me. But not everybody does. Not everybody listens to the guy. Why wouldn't you listen to Jesus? Some people are distracted. They say, well, Jesus, I've, you know, I've, got, uh, I've got somebody that I need to take care of. Let me go take care of some business. Then maybe I'll think about following you. We can work something out later. And Jesus says, no, you know, if you put your hand at the plow and look back, you're not fit for me. Some people don't listen to Jesus. A disciple follows Jesus because he listens to Jesus. He hears Jesus' voice, um, and he follows Jesus. Let me keep reading. <clears throat> The next day, okay, this is verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. There it is. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I think that uh, disciples follow Jesus because Jesus can handle anything they've got, Um, any kind of problems, any quirks, any history, um, all of their honesty and openness. Jesus can handle them. I love this story about Nathaniel. And him coming to Jesus. Have you ever had one of those awkward moments where you walk into a situation and you say something, just hypothetically, for example, ah, the Seahawks, they're lame. Who cares about the Seahawks? And then the people you're talking to show up to church one day in bright green shirts that say Seahawks fan, and you're like, awkward. You know what I'm saying? Like one of those awkward moments. Nathaniel meets, you know, he hears about Jesus, and he says, Jesus of Nazareth, are you serious? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And like he just, in one short, sweet sentence, he insulted like Jesus and kind of everybody Jesus knew, sort of. And what does Jesus say? Who is this guy? You know, Jesus says, Nathaniel, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. The word for deceit here, it means like um, subtlety (laughs) or, you know, deception, guile. He's not faking it, okay? He's just out there and open and honest. An Israelite indeed. Nathaniel just insulted Jesus, and Jesus is like, I can take it, you know? Disciples follow Jesus because Jesus can handle them. Jesus can handle anything we've got. Um, and then disciples also, finally, disciples follow Jesus because in following Jesus, you get to see the greatest show on earth. Um, there was a song earlier, and I mentioned a little scripture earlier, Philippians 2, that says... Um, 
at the name of Jesus, Jesus has a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God just glorifies himself like there is no tomorrow. That is like what he does first and foremost. He brings glory to himself. He doesn't love us first and foremost. He doesn't love us more than anything. He loves himself more than anything. And he glorifies himself more than anything. And his glory is such that in the Old Testament, people would drop dead if they looked on him. So they weren't allowed. They would drop dead if they touched the Ark of the Covenant where his glory dwelt. You just couldn't even come close to his glory. It was so awesome. And as disciples, one day we will get to see his just unleashed glory in heaven. And as his disciples, as we follow Jesus, we get to see him glorify himself now, making himself look good. And it's awesome. It's so good. I have so many stories just from signing up as a missionary, not even being on the field, just signing up as a missionary where God obviously like wanted me to do something and said, I'm just going to provide for you. You're, he, he, I think I'm not that smart. My wife will tell you it's true. I am definitely not logical. And so there is nothing in myself that I have risen to this place where I'm a missionary and successful and all this stuff. It's just God. He's just making, me, making himself look good by, uh, by providing for my needs and by just guiding me and by being with me. He's just making himself look good. And everything that I have is a testimony to his goodness. Now I, you know, I have this beautiful wife and a beautiful son. I'm kind of happy with that. I don't have to be a missionary. Like, I've got a good family. That's it. And that's, that's God. And the more I dwell in the happiness of my life and the good circumstances, the more I, even though that's not everything, the more I realize it's all God. And at the end of the day, it's all about God's glory. My life, if I do nothing else, I have to try to give him glory. I don't know how good I'm going to be at it, but I have to try because God wants glory. God glorifies himself. I think that a disciple follows Jesus because in following Jesus, you get to see the greatest show on earth, and that is God making God look good. God getting the glory. Hallelujah. So my question for you is, um, are you a disciple of Jesus? Um, Have you come to a place in life where you have said, I've heard about Jesus, I've uh, read about Jesus, I've learned about Jesus. Now I want to know Jesus. I want to know the actual guy. I don't want to just know about him. I want to actually know him. Are you a disciple of Jesus? And then if you are a disciple of Jesus, what kind of a disciple are you? Are you willing to follow after him? Are you willing to hear his voice? Are you receiving your identity from him? Are you, are you following Jesus with others? Um, do, you feel, uh, do you feel the concern that he feels for the unsaved, for those who don't know him, don't, aren't following him? Um, are you following Jesus with others? Um, are you glorifying God as a disciple? We have an opportunity every day, praise God, to follow after Jesus, to be disciples. And I believe that we have an opportunity to make disciples of all nations. Wherever you are is where God has you for a reason. To make disciples right where you are. To be a disciple. Um, let's just pray and I'll turn it over to the next, the worship team. Dear Father, we love you so much and you are so good. You've given us your word to learn um, about you, not just about you, but also to um, see a little bit of who you are. Um, 
God, we want to be disciples. We want to study from you. We want to learn you. We want to learn about you. Um, I pray that you would just soften our hearts, um, expose uh, our weaknesses, um, expose our self-reliance, help us just to um, receive our identities from you, um, to follow after you, and to reorder our lives so that it's all about your glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.